0: is the, day the Lord has made let us rejoice and be glad and if you're happy to be in the house of God say amen. amen. If God has been good to you go ahead and put your together and give him a hand clap of praise in this place. <laughs> what a blessing it is to be numbered who have the privilege and the opportunity to come together to worship God in spirit and I, I want to say and do a heat check. Ain't God good? Okay, I just want to make sure that um, this is one of those churches that will talk back to the preacher. Uh, I, I I have the opportunity to travel from time to time and preach in uh, different churches and everybody uh, talk about church ain't going to church. Amen. Uh, So I wanted to do a heat check at the beginning of the sermon. But after that, we thank God again for being who he is in all of our lives. Because at the end of the day, we couldn't do anything, or we wouldn't be anybody without God on our side. Uh, After that, I want to say thank you uh, to your brother Ross. Amen. And let's give God a hand clap of praise for he and his family. (laughs) His uh, his beautiful, beautiful wife and children. It's just good to see a family working together in ministry. Amen. And I don't I don't want you as a church for one minute to take uh, the work that they do as a family for granted. Um, Church work can be hard on family. Amen. And so I would I would beg you to make certain that you do what you can uh, to allow them to labor in joy instead of in pain. Joy. I'm sorry I ain't gonna do that. That's <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to see where I was I a mean, bit. Yeah. Make sure that they labor in joy because that's not just good for them that's good for you. Um, And so, I'm not real good at introductions, I'll just say that I'm happy to be here and grateful for the opportunity to come, and I hope that you will be encouraged by something that I say, uh, that the Lord says through me as we share this morning from the book of Romans, the chapters eight, and we're going to read a couple of verses there. I shared a little bit from this morning with the church at the early service, but they have a, that's the shouting service at the eight o'clock, eight o'clock. And uh, they said, for real? That's the no. uh, <laughs> Romans chapter, let me stop messing with y'all. Get, um, chapter 8, and we're going to begin reading at verse uh, number 28. This is a familiar passage of scripture, but sometimes I've, I'm learning that we take for granted what is familiar. So today we're going to take a look again at a good text that's often taken out of context. Um, But we're going to put it back. Let the church say amen. Romans chapter eight and verse number 28. If you got it, shout, I got it. All right. The Bible says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. If I was at Lake Como, I would say, y'all still don't know when to shout. For those whom he foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined he also called and these whom he called he also justified and these whom he justified he also glorified. You ain't said amen yet that's a good place to say amen. Amen. I, I want you to help me preach today if you would and just say from the depths of your soul and the bottom of your heart, purpose. At the eight o'clock did better than that. Let's try that. They really did. I wasn't playing that time. Let's li- lift up your, and say with me, purpose come with promise. Amen. Let's go to God in the word of prayer. Great God of heaven we come with our heads bowed and our hearts humble. Lord, just to tell you, thank you. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for all and believing that you will do. For Father, I think it's possible because of you all things have been made possible. Lord at the top of our list of thanksgiving we want to say thank you for your son Jesus. For it is because of him that we are. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that you left with us so that we wouldn't be lonely on this side of eternity. Lord, we've come now in this preaching moment asking that you would show up and that you would show out. Lord, we need you in this place to do something so holy, something so powerful, something so mighty that somebody might witness something in this space that would bring them closer to you. Lord, let our worship be a witness. Let let the way we preach and let the way we participate in the preaching moment be a story that is told to somebody about how good you are. For Lord, it is our testimony that you are not just a good God, but you're a God who is good all the time. Now, Lord, may the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight and all of God's children who agree said amen and amen. My brothers and my sisters, I want to begin by suggesting to you that God does not do anything at all on accident. I don't care how you came into this world. Maybe your mom and daddy made an accident. Y'all see how I did that? Maybe they were surprised by your advent, but God was not. He was intentional. He did what he did on purpose and with purpose. Now, I'm not suggesting that you go out and do some sinning and bring a baby into this world that outside of the context of marriage, but just because you made a mistake doesn't mean that God did. I don't care what the world tells you. You are not a mistake. God was on purpose and with purpose when he brought you into this world. God does not make mistakes. He is a very intentional God. As a matter of fact, he is so intentional when he formed you. He he said that you have been fearfully and wonderfully made. Not, Not only have you been fearfully and wonderfully made, but God said that he had you on his mind before the foundation of the world. So it's very important for you and I to realize what Paul says in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 1, be imitators of God. In, In other words, if God doesn't do anything by accident, he does nothing by coincidence. If God is always on purpose and with purpose, then we need to be people of purpose. I want to suggest to you that in order for a church to be a healthy church, then it needs healthy Christians. Let me try that one more time. In order for a church to be a healthy church, a healthy church needs healthy members. That the church can never do collectively what you refuse to do individually. I know y'all didn't come to hear this, but I came to say it. Amen. It's going to get better after a while. But the truth of the matter is, I've been preaching in the church of Christ for long enough to know that sometimes we will talk about it, but we ain't about nothing. But I want you to know that God has called the church to a higher height, to to go deeper than we've ever gone before, and to do better than we've ever done before. And we ain't going to do it by accident. If we are going to reach what God has set in front of us, we are going to have to be intentional. We're going to have to move on purpose, walk in purpose, and act according to God's purpose. As a matter of fact, if the church is ever going to be healthy, it won't happen by accident. Healthy church. My brothers and sisters, a healthy church is not what you think it is. Healthy churches grow, but not all growing churches are healthy churches. Are y'all in here with me? Healthy, small churches usually don't stay small forever. Matter of fact, when it comes to being a healthy church, an outward focused church ultimately creates healthy church members. So, if we're going to be a healthy church, then on purpose, we can't think about ourselves. We're going to have to esteem others higher than we do ourselves. I'm going to preach in a minute. Y'all stay with me. A healthy church can grow smaller before it grows larger. Because, in a very real sense, everybody talking about heaven ain't going. Decline can and often does happen for a season even in a healthy church. So don't think for a minute that just because folks leave that something ain't right. Sometimes folks will walk out because they ain't right. And immature believers will believe that the preacher must be up to something is wrong because folks are leaving. No, baby girl, baby boy, when cancer is in, you want somebody to cut it out did come today to tell you that healthy leaders do produce healthy churches. But that does not happen by accident. It happens on purpose and with purpose. And I believe if you're going to get where God is calling you to go as a and as a collective, you're going to have to do it, hear me, on purpose. The truth of the matter is that some of us are not where we are because not, not that we ain't trying hard, it's because we're in the right direction. Many of us missed the mark. Hear me, for one reason and for one reason only. I am persuaded this morning that God has a place for us to go, and that place is called purpose. if we are off the mark from the beginning by just one degree, it can mess our entire journey up. I'm persuaded that a change in our perspective on and perception of purpose will push us beyond what we could ever imagine we could do as a believer and as a body of believers i got to take my time to lay my foundation. Before we go any further, we need to define purpose. A good contextual and biblical definition for purpose is this, hear me, purpose is an anticipated outcome with intention. More importantly, purpose guides planned activity. Let me say that one more time for the Holy Ghost. Purpose is an anticipated outcome that is intended that guides planned activities. I had the opportunity to to, to go to Africa to preach in four different countries this past summer, but I did not wake up one morning and say, I'm going to Africa. No, I had to apply for a passport, I had to purchase a plane ticket, then we had to decide what ministry we were going to go to do. I had to get certain shots, there uh, there was certain activity that guided me before I got to my destination. I never would have made it to South Africa had I not got on a plane. Some of us don't like to fly, but if you're ever going to get outside of the, of North America, you just might have to get on a plane. Y'all don't hear me coming. Sometimes in the life of a church, there are things that we don't like, but we have to be willing to do things that we don't like to get where we are going. If we miss purpose, we're gonna keep missing the mark. You can have all the money, but if you don't get the right purpose, you're not gonna get where you're going. Matter of fact, you can have all the education, all the resources, but if we miss this, We're going to miss our destination. Something as grassroots as an idea, an intention, that which is in our imagination. When it's off from the beginning, just a little bit, it can cause us to, to go places so far from where we thought we were headed that we won't even be able to find our way back home. Consider this. If you're going somewhere and you're off by course, hear me, just one degree. One degree. If you start off one degree off course, if you go one foot, you're going to miss your mark by half an inch. That don't seem like a whole lot, does it? Does it? One inch, ain't, half an inch ain't that bad, but I don't know about you, but I believe God sent you a man of God, a preacher in the body of brother, brother Ross, that he wants you to go farther than you can go with one step. Somebody ought to say amen. But what about if you're going farther than a foot? After a hundred yards, if you start off one degree off course, you'll be off by almost six feet. That's not a big deal, but it's noticeable. After a mile, you'll be off 92 feet. One degree starting in the wrong direction makes a big difference. But listen, listen, God has called you to do something great, not just go a hundred yards. Maybe he wants you to go more than a hundred miles. Maybe he wants you to go beyond 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 the sky. If a rocket ship is going to the moon and it starts off one degree off course, you'll miss the moon by 4,169 miles. What I'm trying to tell you is that when you don't begin with the right perspective on purpose, then you will never, it will never work out for your good. And some of you are in here in this room right now and you upset because you're not happy about where you are in your life and what you have and what you're doing and what you are have accomplished. You think that you should have a bigger house by now, should have a better job by now, should have more education right now, and that's probably because you have spent more time in your life trying to discover your purpose instead of trying to find your purpose in the word of God. Y'all ain't got to talk back to me. I'm going to preach after a while anyway. Listen, you can read every book that Oprah recommends and still not find purpose. You can listen to Dr. Phil and let him wax eloquently and not find purpose. You can listen to Big Mama and not find purpose. You better learn how to open up your Bible, the inspired pages of the Holy Writ, and see what God has to say about what he wants for your life. Listen, purpose is not about what you want. Purpose is about what God wants for you. And sometimes the reason why it's not working out is because your purpose is your purpose instead of your purpose being God's purpose for you. You mad on your job because you are trying to push for something that you want. Your relationship is not working out the way you think it ought to. Why? Because it's all about you. If you don't get what you want, if you can't have what you want to have, if you can't do what you want to do, then you mad because it's not working out. Well, baby, listen, your purpose don't come with a promise, but God does. Promise, promise, promise is the idea that no matter what your situation is, God is gonna get busy working in the middle of it to make sure that whether it's high or low, it's gonna work out for your good. I I wish I had somebody in this room that knows what it's like to walk through a valley. We wish I had somebody in this room that knows what it's like to have some bills that are a little bit higher than you thought they would be. Amen, somebody. I I wish I had somebody in this room that had some children that you were trying to raise to your best, to the best of your ability, but you got to go run behind them into the principal's office every now and again anyway. Y'all not going to talk back to me? Is there anybody in here this morning that knows what it's like to go through some troubles, some trials, and some tribulations? Well, if you have ever been there, you You need to know that even when life leads you into those dark places, that God will come into those dark places, sit down there in those dark places with you, pick you up, turn you around, place your feet on solid ground, and then when you get ready to come out, you'll be able to look back in there and say, even that dark place in my life, God caused it to work out for my good. Is there anybody in here this morning that can say, thank you, God for working in my miracles and thank you God for working in my mess. Lord, thank you God for working on my mountaintops and thank you God for working in my valleys. Lord, thank you for working when I had to bury big mama and thank you for working when I brought baby girl into this world. We serve a God who is God over good days and he is God over bad days and it doesn't matter where you are he can turn that thing around I wish I had somebody in this room that has been sick and tired and sick and tired of being sick and tired here I am today to tell you it won't always be like this the Lord will perfect this concerning you and sooner or later it's gonna turn in your favor he gonna turn it around for you is there anybody that will talk back to me this morning and just wait your hands and say, "He'll turn it around. You don't have to take my word for it. Joseph had to go from a pit into Potiphar's house and from Potiphar's house into a prison. And when he got finished working that thing in prison, God took him and set him second in charge in the palace. And those very knuckleheads that put him in the pit in the first place had to come where God had prepared for him a table in the presence of his enemies. And he looked at them in the eyes and said, baby, you you meant it for evil, but God meant it for my good. Is there, I need a few people this morning that know that God will take the good and the bad. He'll take the pretty and the ugly, and he'll work it out. I'm sorry. I'm not ready. See, some of you are, are, are like some of my folks. You only going to help me on my good days. You only want to go with me when I'm driving. You you only you only want to hang out when people are praising me. But 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 I'm glad that my God is not like some of us, who He will be with you and cause even the worst that happens to you to work together for your good. Watch this. He is a God who will say, "You know what? I'm going to stay with you through sickness and through health. I'm going I'm going to stay with you through richer or poor, better or worse, up or down, broke, and wealthy, I'm going to stay with you, and I'm going to make sure that I work in all of that stuff to turn it around for your good. Somebody ought to say amen. So, why am I struggling then? If it's supposed to work out for my good, why am I struggling? Why am I struggling? Why? Because maybe, just maybe, when you got started on this journey called life, you got off course by just one degree. So, I want to suggest to you that That yes, purpose comes with a promise. But you got to understand when it comes to purpose, that purpose is an anticipated outcome. In other words, no matter how it looks, God knows where you're going. And while it may feel like it's out of your control, God stands over every circumstance. You missed it because you are used to talking about how under these circumstances. Well, the God that I serve don't know what it's like to be under circumstances. He is a God who stands over circumstance. And so no matter what the circumstance is, he can take this part of it and that part of it and this part of it and put it all together and say it's going to work out in your favor. The Bible says that, 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 that the problem ain't God's plan. It's your plan. Many are the plans of men, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. So, I got to make sure that if I want it to work out for my good, it ain't about my preferences. It's about his plan. Y'all talk back to me. I'm going to talk to the church for just a little while. Y'all keep saying amen. Listen, a church can't be healthy if we got to do it your way. Uh, I don't think y'all heard me. The church can't be healthy if it's got to be based on what you prefer. Huh? Look, this ain't your house. This is the Lord's house. I know you give. I know you serve. I know you sing. I know you cute. I know you paid. I know you got boo and loot from all them songs that you done made. But what I'm trying to tell you is it ain't about you. It's about him. And when you make up in your mind that that my preferences don't matter in God's economy, then the church can get healthy because now you're not so egocentric that we got to do it your way or no way at all. Am I talking to anybody? But not only can the church not be healthy based on if we have to do it your way, based on your preferences, but the church can't be healthy if we got to do it based on your personality. Listen. It's never doctrine that destroys churches. It's personalities that destroy churches. If you think you bigger than Avenue F, then the Avenue F might not be the place for you. I thought I heard an amen in that corner over there. L- l- listen, listen, you can't design a church around somebody's personality. Because when when, when the church is designed around your personality, then watch this, purpose is no longer driving the church, your personality is driving the church. And the problem with a personality-driven church is then when that personality falls, the church falls. When that church, when that personality gets an attitude, then the church gets an attitude. When that personality falls out with somebody, now the church falls out with that somebody. Y'all don't hear me? Listen, when, when it's about a personality other than the personality of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we never going to get where we're going no matter how big we get. Listen, you can get real big and go nowhere. Boy, y'all not trying to help me. You, you can get real big. And still not be better. Let me, let me, let me see if I can find a different way to say that. Anybody here from the country? I wish you. See if I can help you. If you're from the country, you know real homegrown tomatoes don't get real big. So you get a homegrown tomato, it can fit in your hand. But when you go to Kroger or Walmart, you get that tomato and it look like a grapefruit. <laughs> y'all, so y'all don't know about no tomato sandwiches on this side. Let me talk to this right here. This, tomato sandwiches. Which, tomatoes. You don't. Buy, you gotta have a homegrown tomato to eat a tomato sandwich. Y'all don't have no light bread with mayonnaise and salt and pepper and tomatoes. I forgot, I thought I was back in Fort Worth. Y'all, I'm sorry, y'all city people over here. But, 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 but just because that big red tomato you got out of Walmart, you're going to get it home and it ain't going to taste like nothing. Come on, big mama in the back, you know what I'm talking about. But if you get that little ripe tomato. From grandmama's backyard, amen, somebody, you bring it in the house, it might not be as red, it might not be as pretty, but it sure is better. Me, okay, one more time. People who are sick often swell. Because the body takes on fluid that's killing them. So just because folks come and want the church to grow based on who they are and people begin, the church begins to swell don't mean it's getting better. I'm preaching and y'all ain't trying to help me. It's time for me to go back to Fort Worth. Churches can't, 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 can't move forward based on personality. Churches can't move forward based on, 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 on preferences. And churches can't move forward or be healthy if what drives them is program. lightly here because we take our programs serious. And we've been doing this program for 47 years. And and we got to spend 25% of the church's budget on this program. And we ain't got no budget for media. We ain't got no budget for marketing. We ain't got no budget for evangelism. But we got to spend $28,000 on this program. Y'all ain't gonna help me. Don't nobody get saved at the program. Don't nobody get prayed for at the program. Ain't the church ain't growing because of the program. By the matter of fact, the, the Sunday after the program, half the folk don't even show up. You can't build the church and grow it healthy if it's based on a program. The end it can't be the program. The program has to be a means to the end. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I know y'all came to shout because this is the late service. So let me get back to my sermon. Pur- purpose has to be what guides the activity. And we're real good, <clears throat> especially when we get in trouble at quoting Romans chapter eight and the preacher will even even change his voice and we know, you, you know how we do it. And Not that it might, but we know. Y'all did. And we would take it out of context and say that it's going to work out for my good no matter what. That's not true. The truth of the matter is the only way it works together for your good is if you are called according to his purpose. Don't ever misplace God's purpose for your purpose. It ain't gonna work out if it ain't his purpose. So, that begs the question, Ross, what is God's purpose for you? It ain't for you to find a man. Y'all ain't gotta say nothing. God's purpose for you ain't for you to find a one man. Help me, somebody. God's purpose for you ain't to get another degree. That might be what you want to do. Ain't nothing wrong with none of those, but that's not what God has designed or planned. That's not God's determined and predisposed outcome for your life. Well, it ain't found in verse number 28, which is the one that we quote. It's found in verse number 21, 29, which is the one that we don't quote at all. And in verse number 29, God's purpose is made plain. He says, my purpose, my predetermined purpose for your life, my desired outcome that ought to guide all of your activity in life is found in verse number 29. And in verse number 29, God's purpose is simple. It's that all of us conform to the image of his son, Christ Jesus. So, if it's somebody's personality in your life and they're not helping you become more like Jesus, it might be time for you to delete their name out of your phone, block them on Instagram, unfollow them on Twitter. It's time for you to cut them off. You ain't got to be mad at them. You ain't got to fall out with them, but you need to be able to be honest with them and honest with yourself and, most importantly, honest with God and say, you know what? You just ain't good for me. I ain't mad at you, but I got to move on and find somebody in my life that's going to help me be more like Christ. Is there anybody in here today that had to cut some folks off in 2019 so I can do what God called me to do in 2020? Listen, you can walk out on me if you need to everything that I need to do what God has called me to do in 2020. He got for me in 2020 and I have been preaching and living long enough to know that what God has for me is for me. That's why big mama would say, baby, the devil can't take your joy. Why big mama? Because this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me and the world cannot take it away. I got a question for you. Is there anybody in here this morning that's got some joy? I ain't talking about just any old kind of joy. I'm talking about that Jesus joy, that joy that woke you up this morning, that joy that started you on your way. Maybe you lost your job. You say, well, they took my job, but they can't take my joy. They took my car, but they can't take my joy. They might be able to even take your happiness because that's based on what happens to you. I ain't talking about what's happening to you. I'm talking about what's happening in you. And is there anybody in here today that knows that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world? Somebody in here today ought to tell the Lord, thank you for your joy. Joy. Sometimes joy gives me joy. See, when I think about joy, there's a stomp in my feet. When I think about joy, there's a clap in my hands. When I think about joy, there's a wave in my spirit. Why? Because when I think about Jesus and all that he's done for me, that put joy deep down in my spirit. What kind of joy? The kind of joy that makes me look at my feet and they look new. The kind of joy that makes me look at my hands and they did too. The kind of joy that makes me say, good God. God Almighty and give him glory, honor and praise. That's the kind of Jesus that I serve and no matter what happens to me, he brings me joy. Now watch this. I said all that to say this. If you know that to be true about Jesus, then why don't we let people go so we can be more like him? So, 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 if, 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 if the personality don't help you to be more like Jesus, maybe you let him go. If, 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 if your preferences, Don't push you into the mold of Jesus. Then maybe you need to let go of your preferences. Come here, come here Avenue F. If the program, I figured it would get real quiet. If the program don't help you get more like Jesus. I ain't saying it's a bad program. I'm just saying it ain't a God program. Listen, there are all kind of good ideas. Sometimes that's the problem. We're looking for good ideas when we need to be looking for God ideas. Good ideas can push you away from purpose. God ideas will push you into purpose. So what should we learn about purpose? We need to see purpose as beginning and ending with the Lord. Did you hear what I just said? Purpose ain't got nothing to do with you. Purpose begins and ends with the Lord. How do you know the Bible tells me so? Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 16, the Bible says, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible. Rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. Once you realize the purpose as it's beginning and ending with the Lord, then you need to realize that you need to see purpose as his and not yours. Too often our problem is that we can't see how it's going to work out. We begin with the wrong end in mind. So we struggle to find satisfaction and we don't know why. Let me help you. Purpose. The purpose that provides and protects and that leads to prosperity is not yours. It's not mine. It belongs to him. Listen, we're not just called to purpose. We're called according to his purpose. Then and only then will God get busy in all things, working them together for our good. Let me give you one more, and then I'm going back to Fort Worth. See purpose as a promise performed. I've been at Lake Como almost nine years, and I was there in Durham, North Carolina, for almost ten years. And so I've been preaching for almost twenty years. Uh, now, what I have discovered. You ain't got to say amen is that folk will tell you they're going to do something and then they don't do it y'all thought I was going to say something real deep didn't you no it ain't got to be deep to be true folks will tell you they're going to do something and you depend on them and then they don't do it have you ever been disappointed because somebody told you they were going to do something and then they didn't do it It hurts. It's frustrating. Y'all can say amen whenever I go down your street. You ain't got no uncles that kept promising you Christmas gifts and now you 40 and you was 15. (laughs) But the Bible says God is not slack concerning his promise. You got you, you to learn to be like Abraham when he was old and beyond doing what God, or at least in his own mind, beyond doing what God called him to do. But on, on the other side of his life journey, Abraham was able to look back and say, I am persuaded. I am persuaded that he is able to do that which he has promised. He is able to perform that which he has promised. You need to know Avenue F as I get ready to take my seat that God is able. I I I gotta ask you a question. Is there anybody today that does know God is able? Y'all need to say that like you mean it. I'm I'm done preaching, but before I go, I need to make sure my friend is in good hands. Do you know that God is able? No, I I want you to say it like you mean it. Do you know that God is able, able to do more than able to do exceedingly, beyond abundantly, above all that we ask or think? Don't you know that God is able? He is able to turn your frown upside down. is able to turn your midnight into a bright and morning star. He is able to be a wheel in the middle of a wheel. He is able to be a battle axe in the time of war. He is able to be a lily in your valley. He is able to be a counselor when you are worried. He is able to be a great physician when you get sick. Y'all ain't got to talk back to me. I know when I'm telling the truth. He is able to comfort you when you are grieving. He is able to give you joy when you find sorrow. He is able to be a rose of Sharon when you ain't can't find companionship. He is able. Is there anybody in here today that knows he is able? I know some of you looking at me funny like you don't know that he is able, but look at me. You looking at me and I am looking at you. That lets me know that God is able. He's able to go into the club and bring a child of God out of a place that he had no business in the first place. Some of us sitting in here, I saw the stamps on the back of your hands when you came in. You washed everything but your hands. God is, I'm sorry, I I almost, he's able. I said he's able. Look, you got to cut that wristband off. That ain't no wristband. That that let everybody know where you were last night. Amen. I'm glad to see you at church anyhow. Amen. Amen. I tell my folk all the time, I don't care what you did last night, get to church on Sunday. After a while, after a while like the rest of us, you'll grow out of it. Amen. A- amen. I- you'll grow out of it. Stop acting, acting like we ain't never been nowhere and done nothing that we don't want nobody to know about. I know we dress up on Sunday, but we ain't always live like we look. strange over here in Plano. We tell the truth in Fort Worth. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The truth is my brothers and sisters, all of us got some skeletons in our closets. There's some stuff that we got going on that we don't want to tell nobody. God is able to bring you out of it. When he does, you got to be careful to give him the glory. Give him the glory, not just with your lips, but give God the glory with your life. When you do, the world will know just who he is. How many of you want Want it all to work out for your good? Come on, come on. Is there anybody want, you just want to, raise your hand, nod your head, pull your ear, do something. Let me know that you want it to work out for your good. If you want it to work out for your good, you got to decide today, not tomorrow. Can I tell y'all a story? Can I tell y'all a story? Then I'm going to leave for real. Um, At almost 40, this going to bless you. At almost 40, I'm going through some changes. Some of y'all on the other side of forty need to say amen. I know it ain't that many of y'all in this service, but in the early service, I was the young one in the building. Amen. Uh, but when you get close to what we call halftime in life, you start going through some changes. And it ain't, it ain't. It won't be long Ross it won't be long I heard you it won't be long because I'm still in my 30s but I'm on my way out amen but the closer I get to 40 this is a true story I could carry this weight when I was 33 without any medical conditions but in a moment in the twinkling of an eye I went in to get my, see, I work as a chaplain part-time, and I work as a preacher full-time. So in my, in, in my life, my wife made me go to the doctor and get checkups, okay. just a, in my life. But my job, I got to get annual checkups. So they're about six months apart. All my life, blood pressure been the same place. Even last summer, blood pressure is the same place it always has been. When I had to have my annual at the hospital in November, I went in there and for the first time in my life, my blood pressure was through the roof. They, I said, "I don't understand." He said, they said, "Well, you're almost a forty-year-old black man." Yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all think I'm playing? Mm-hmm. I, it, it, ain't nothing changed. My diet ain't changed. Still work out every day, but because life happens, and the older you get the more life happens. Y'all stay with me. So I had to decide to make some changes. Because I'm not going to be, if it's up to me, I'm not going to be 50 having high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, uh, type 2 diabetes because I wouldn't make changes. That don't make no sense, does it? So I decided uh, 10 days ago was a Friday. Okay, 10 days ago was a Friday that I was going to change my diet. Lifetime change on Sunday. See that? See <laughs> that? I decided on that Friday that when Sunday came, I was going to change my diet. But, 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 the closer I get to 40, something else has changed. I'm much more honest with myself. At almost 40 than I was when I was 33, hint, hint. Jesus died when he was 33, didn't he? Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, on the cross. His name wasn't Moss and his name wasn't Ross. How about that? Uh, okay. I'm sorry. Sometimes this happens to me. You, you got to pray for me. Stay with the story. Stay with the story. So on a Friday, I decided to change my life, my, my diet on Sunday. Like I said, I, I, I'm growing older and I'm becoming more honest and self-aware. And I said, you know what? I know me. If I don't start, if I don't start today, Sunday going to come and I ain't going to start Sunday. You, you see that? So I ain't, listen, this is, this is, I need y'all to pray for me. I ain't had no bacon. I ain't had no pork chops. No steaks. And no chicken in ten days. Mm-hmm. No, n- no applause necessary. I'm taking it one day at a time. Amen. <laughs> one day at a time. We might stop by Popeye's today. Amen. I'm sorry. If we do, I'm getting the popcorn shrimp. Amen. Um, but the, the truth of the matter is, here's, here's where I'm going. I, I hope you can catch the story. See, that's, a, that's what we call a parable. Truth is, if you don't decide to change today, chances are you're not going to change tomorrow. You're not going. You know what? Tomorrow not even promise. So why put off for Sunday what you can do on Friday? Why put off for tomorrow what you can do today? And somebody is in this room today, and you need to make a change. say, you know what, if I don't make this change today, ain't gonna be no different tomorrow. That don't make you a bad person. That make you like everybody else. So we get ready to leave. And I want you to know if you don't know who Jesus is, you can't live your life according to his purpose. He is the son of God who left heaven because he loved me and he loved you. He clothed himself in humanity. To live where we live, not just where we live, but how we live. See, we have misplaced Jesus as this white man who came from privilege. But the truth is Jesus is more like you and I than he is like number 45. Uh, Let me see. Maybe I should move off this spot. I can't get no Get no help on that spot. He, I said, Jesus is more like you and I than we are at the leader, than he is or was than the leader of the free world. Jesus was conceived out of wedlock. Jesus apparently did not have private health care. Because at his birth, he was born without midwives in an inn. He was instead born in a barn. We call it a manger, but that's a euphemism for a feeding trough. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? If that wasn't good enough, he was raised in a ghetto called Nazareth. His father did the best he could. He wasn't the brightest man, but at least he could work with his hands. And even though Joseph did not father him, he decided to raise him. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Can you imagine this baby who something in him knew who he was, but something about him didn't match? historical Jesus of Nazareth grew up a poor to working class Jew in a world dominated by the Romans. He was a minority. A poor minority like most of us when we were growing up. Now, some of y'all always lived in the big city, but some of us understand how Jesus grew up. And, And here's the point of me telling you that he did not have to. But he chose to so that he could identify with me and you. If that wasn't good enough, he lived without sin before men and still they persecuted him. You and I get mad when folk talk about us and we know we ain't perfect. They didn't have no reason to lie on him, but they did anyway. Those lies led him to a place called Calvary. And on that hill, he laid down his life so he could save ours. They took it from him and buried him in a borrowed tomb. But here's when I'm preaching, when I'm really preaching at Lincoln, I said, it's strange. He was so much like us. They ain't even have enough life insurance had to borrow one. And they said, well, why he borrowed one? Because he was only going to use it for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> he died on Friday, but he came out of that grave on Sunday. And the old preacher would say, there is an empty grave there to prove that my Savior lives. I feel my second wind coming, but I'm going to let y'all go. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Hear me, hear me, even though I don't know what tomorrow holds, I do know who holds my tomorrow. So I'm going to go to work tomorrow with my head held high, not because of who I am, but because of whose I am. And I don't know about you, but I serve a mighty good God who loves me in spite of me. if you do, it doesn't make, a, make any sense for you not to change your life. And if you're willing to change your life, that's what the Bible calls repentance. If you, are, if you can change your life, you might as well acknowledge him this morning. And if you can do that, we'll baptize you for the remission of your sin. You know, I, I, I want to tell you that, that I'm old enough and young enough to still tell you I'm a young preacher. And I'm going to speak for, for another young preacher. Y'all might know whose name sounds like Moss. We still believe in baptizing people for the remission of their sins. And let me ask y'all a question I asked on my way to my seat. Is this baptizing Sunday? Do y'all do that? Y'all this baptizing Sunday? Okay. Let me preach the sermon. I'm 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 the preacher. Let me preach the sermon. If you're here today, you want to be baptized. You came on the right Sunday because it's baptizing Sunday. Ain't, ain't, Ain't that right? And the water's ready because it's baptizing Sunday. We don't have to wait. Got clothes, towels, because it's baptizing Sunday. I tell you what, if you're ready, come now. If you ain't made up in your mind yet, come back next Sunday. Because it's going to be baptizing Sunday next Sunday too. Amen, somebody. You say, well, preacher, what if I don't want to get baptized on a Sunday? Well, come on Monday. It's going to be baptizing Monday. Amen. Amen. Because we believe in baptizing folks in the church of Christ for the remission of their sins. Now, the church don't save them, but the, the church of Christ don't save them, but the Christ of the church still does. Let the church save me. Y'all better say amen. I'll preach for a whole nother hour on that. The church ain't never saved nobody, but Jesus does. He always has and he always will because that's who he is. Literally, that's what his name means. So if you're here today and you want to be saved, why don't you come as we together stand and sing the invitation song. There are some things